Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Y'all, welcome to episode 100 of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Can I just take a second? Like, I can't even believe that I am recording the 100th episode, the centennial episode of my podcast. And so when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do to celebrate this mile marker, I was throwing around the idea of it being a solo episode and answering some questions. And so what I ended up doing was on my Instagram stories, just leaving the box and kind of letting you ask me whatever you wanted to ask. And so some of the questions are specific to me and are about me. And then some of them are, you know, more about you or my advice about things or my thoughts on things. And so that's what we're going to do for the next little while. It's just going to be me. And I'm going to answer some questions from y'all that you have submitted yourself. So let's do the 100th episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian. Okay, so this first question came from, here's the thing, I'm going to probably butcher a lot of these names, but Sam Weeby, Weeb online, and it says, do you wish that you would have titled the podcast differently because people tend to say, or not tend to, but people have in the past said no to coming on the show? Uh, And the short answer is no, I don't wish I would have named the podcast differently. (laughs) But the long answer is this, and I actually, funnily enough, explain this in the trailer episode of the podcast, that the title is, first of all, it's obviously a play on words. And the heart and soul behind it is that while you may be a crappy Christian and you may have your sin struggles and your weaknesses, that God never leaves you there and you don't show up to this space expecting to stay there and and for us to just be like, yeah, cool, whatever, you can just be the worst, you know. But also the heart behind it was and continues to be that I wanted this podcast to reach more than just the traditional Christian female podcast listener. I wanted the idea of a Christian calling themselves, quote unquote, crappy to pull people in that it may not otherwise. And so – The people who have been hurt by the church or grew up in the church but now don't really have anything to do with it or have always been on the fringes or just have questions. I wanted to give them a place to land and ask questions and have their questions answered. It needed a good title to go along with that. And so, yes, people have said no to coming on the show for a myriad of reasons. And that's okay because I fully believe that the all of those knows that they weren't supposed to be on the show and that that's okay. It, that's not a hard feelings thing. It's just I feel really confidently in the structure of this show and the title of it. And yeah, we just roll forward from there. So I'm going to try to kind of mix up questions that are more about me or the show and then the ones that are 
that y'all asked for more public consumption. But the next one was submitted by Casey Saylor, and it's, what is your best advice for young married couples? So I don't want to position myself as some kind of marriage expert, but I also am recording this a week and a half before our eight-year anniversary. So, you know, we don't have 40 years in the in the bucket, but we do have time and we've walked through some really hard stuff. And we when we got married, I was super young. My husband's seven and a half years older than me. And so I was 23 when we got married and he was whatever the math is for how old that would be, 30? <laughs> 30? Yeah. So I was young and I guess by some standards he was young as well. And I know that there's some conversations going around in the Christian community about that love languages are problematic, but I'm going to tell you that learning my husband's love language changed everything. And learning that just because I speak my own love language really well doesn't mean that I am loving him well. And so I had to learn and humble myself and love him well the way that he needed to be loved even and especially when I didn't and continue to not understand it you know the things that make Jeremy feel loved don't make sense to me to to be completely honest they make sense to me a little bit more because I've been with someone as long as I have but the fact that clean dishes or clean laundry or you know, taking care of my car, that those things make him feel loved and not like in a barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen way. Those, that's just, he is very particular and he is very clean. Uh, Those things make him feel loved. And so that is always my best advice when I talk to people who are getting married and are getting married young or old is learning to speak the other person's love language, not just yours is, I think, a game changer. Uh, So the next one is from the username Alinal Bizzle. I totally messed that up. But she asked, what did did you want to be when you grew up? And I have wanted to be a lawyer since I could tell you what I wanted to be when I grew up. I always said I was going to be a lawyer. I went into – I went to LSU. I started pre-law. Thankfully, I uh, became a believer my freshman year of college and kind of had to very quickly reconcile that I would probably have a difficult time just with my personality type, loving Jesus and practicing the kind of law that I had always wanted to practice. And so I kind of abandoned that dream and went a different direction and went through a real roller coaster of careers in the last 10 years. But I, yeah, I always wanted to be a lawyer. And it's funny because when I tell people that, they're like, oh, yeah, I can totally see that. But I struggle enough to be totally transparent. I struggle enough not practicing law to not be kind of ruthless in my day to day. And I just, God just made it really clear that that was not, that was not the path he had for me. So (laughs) Uh, the next one, this question was asked by multiple people and it was just what do I do to manage my mental health other than take medication and go to therapy which I'll tell you those two are huge for me I know that medication isn't the route that everybody chooses to take which I think is fine 
Uh, I think that everybody needs therapy in some form or fashion, no matter if you struggle with mental health or not. I think you need therapy. But I there are a lot of things that I do to help me manage my mental health, keep it in check, keep it, you know, from running my life that are more than just those two things. So I've talked pretty openly. I have been off of caffeine for, gosh, probably about four four years now. And the reasoning for that, you know, you can go really scientific that caffeine drains your body of some of the good chemicals, which if you struggle with anxiety or depression, you may already be depleted in. And it also just the really natural physical manifestations of consuming caffeine, heightened heart rate, you know, spinning mind, dehydration, all of those things can be signs of your mental health already or your mental illness already being triggered. And so like, I don't need any help with my heart racing or my neck feeling tight. So I cut out caffeine about four years ago and that's made a huge difference. Uh, I use CBD. I use oils or gummies. I do also have a Xanax prescription to be completely honest. I mean, I've talked about that on social media before, but I try to, you know, if a panic attack is coming on, I have a lot of breathing techniques and continual muscle relaxation, I think, is what it's called. It's I literally have just a YouTube video that I pull up that walks you through relaxing the muscles in your body, drinking water, you know, like I said, breathing exercises, and then I will, I'll take CBD in some form to try to stave off having to take a Xanax. And then for me, knowing my triggers and avoiding what I can. So the reality of of living life with mental health is that you're never going to be able to avoid all of your triggers because that's just not, it's just not realistic. You would have to stay in your home and never go anywhere or talk to anybody. But Knowing what my triggers are and either avoiding what it is in my power to avoid and or being prepared to face those things or or come in contact, contact with those things is really helpful and that requires you to push through and, and acknowledge and know what your triggers are. And counseling is really helpful for that. Journaling is really helpful for that. Asking for outside input is also really helpful. Like, hey do you notice that certain things seem to trigger me and put me into a depression or a panic attack and being willing and open to hear what the responses to that are? Those things are probably my best advice for managing my mental health other than medication therapy. Oh, and working out. I mean, I have to, I have to move my body and not because of guilt or shame or weight loss, but because exercise creates endorphins and Endorphins make you happy, and happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> Name that movie. So, next question came from Joyful Every Day Seven. How many tats do you have, and what are their meanings? I have. Oh wow! I should have counted before I started. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine tattoos. They do all have some meaning. A lot of them are Bible verses. I do have both of my girls' birthdays in Roman numerals on my forearm. I have, like, let's just start from the side. So then I have wildflowers on my hand for Luke 12, 27. Look at the wildflowers. They neither spin nor toil. Uh, I have Lumos on my arm as well for Harry Potter, (laughs) the 
the it's also from the line where Dumbledore says, you know, happiness can be found in even the darkest of nights if someone will only turn on the light. And Lumos is the spell for light in Harry Potter. I have like a vine on my other arm uh, from John. I am the vine. You are the branches. I have free indeed, which was actually my first tattoo. Uh, on my other forearm for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I have an anchor on one of my fingers from Hebrews. Uh, we have this truth as an anchor for our soul. And then I have a really beautiful sparrow. Oh, wait, I have 10. Just kidding. <laughs> Forgot there's another one. I have a sparrow on my bicep that is supposed to be the start of a half sleeve, but I was pregnant and or breastfeeding for forever and just have not gotten around to starting that. But that will eventually be like an American traditional colored half sleeve. And then I also have three little dots on my ring finger, one for each of the girls and for Jeremy. So I think that that's all of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all the tattoos and all their meanings. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Nope, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So the next question is, how are you so great at time management? Which comes from Lulu everything. So first of all, and this is kind of obnoxious, but I really think that some people are just naturally gifted in different ways. And I just, I think I naturally have great time management skills. I think it's an Enneagram 8 thing. We're really efficient. Efficiency is super important to me. Nothing makes me crazy like feeling like I've wasted my time. But also I wear a lot of hats and do a lot of things. I think I think by the time this episode comes out, I've actually left my full-time job and am full-time crappy Christian, which means I'm managing and spinning less plates Thank the Lord. But there's just a lot of things that I want to get done. And so I there are also things that I just kind of had to learn how to manage my time well. And that comes from time blocking and batching and using different techniques and not spending a ton of time scrolling Instagram mindlessly or I, I don't really do anything mindlessly other than I like to check out into a good fiction novel, but I relax and I rest, but I'm even kind of weirdly intentional in that. So some of it, I think is just natural giftings, just like you're really good at something. Mine is just time management, but also learning and training myself to be a good steward of my time, which fun fact has a whole module in my course run your race which is not open for enrollment right now, but will be open in January. So if you struggle to manage your time, keep an eye on that registration and enroll in that when it comes around. <laughs> so the next one comes from London S. Baum, and it says, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Well, I feel like you need to know that 18-year-old me was wild, 
and reckless. And oh, she was a lot. She was a lot. I love her to death, but she was a lot. I mean, I still am a lot, but not too much. And I was also in a really unhealthy relationship with somebody that I thought I was going to marry because weren't we all at 18? And what would I tell her? I would tell 18-year-old me that you don't have to say everything you think. I think in a quest for truth, I ended up being a bit of a bulldog and a bit of a steamroller. And so that carried on to be true well through my 20s, to be totally honest. But I think that's been a really big lesson that I've had to learn as I've gotten older, but especially could have benefited from in my teens and in my young 20s is that just because you think something and just because maybe it is actually true doesn't mean that you need to say it because while obviously I hold the belief that feelings aren't facts, that doesn't mean that feelings don't matter and doesn't mean they're valuable and it doesn't mean that you can just hurt them at will. And so I think that that's, I think that that's what I would say to 18 year old Blake (laughs) that and maybe like you need to calm down a little bit maybe drink a little less if I'm being honest Uh, as the next question comes from Cosner bunch five and it asks what is your favorite part of your run your race course oh I think it's a tie so module three is all about the lies that we believe and it's just you and me it's me sitting in front of the camera kind of preaching and being Super honest about the things that I've struggled with and the lies that I have believed and the truth that sets you free from those things, the truth that replaces those lies when you uproot them. And so I really love that module because it's it's something that I have needed in my journey in this time. And, and I think that those truths are applicable to every season. And so I really love that that part, that module, but then also... Gosh, I guess it's module two. There's a couple of lessons about brand consistency. And so obviously my inner graphic designer really, really loves that and loves, you know, getting to help guide people in a simple way to creating something that they can help establish themselves, you know, on social media and on the internet and watching people use it and implement it and put it out into the world has been just the craziest experience because it's just crazy what people put together when you give them just a little bit of guidance. And so, you know, I give some guidelines, I give some help, I give some tips and some resources and the things that these people have come out with branding wise on the other side is just, but I swear I get so giggly and excited every time I see somebody put theirs out because it's just so good. And that it's creativity that I think people don't realize is in there And so that, I think those are my two favorite parts of Run Your Race. And so this is the last question because we had a lot of questions asked over and over, but also I don't want this episode to be two hours long. So Allie with PCOS asked who my dream guest is. I've gotten to interview so many really, truly incredible people that have been my heroes that it's a little bit crazy to have gotten to sit on the other side of the mic with them. Um, when I am recording this, this is a Tuesday on Friday, I'm interviewing Candace Cameron Bure and that's bananas. I can't like even wrap my mind around that. And I would also really love to have Tim Tebow on the show. 
I think his story is so interesting and inspiring. I think Tim Tebow and I would love to have Justin Bieber or even both of the Biebers. I would love to have Justin and Haley on to just just to talk about being a believer in the public eye and for Tim staying really true to that and never wavering and then Justin kind of this this story that he's had and and the impact that God has had on his life and on his marriage and on his relationships I think that those would be really really incredible conversations so I think those would be my my dream guests but I just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening this is your first episode hi (laughs) now that you've gotten to know me even better I hope that you'll go back and listen to some of the other 99 episodes where I get to have really incredible conversations with people who have been through the fire and come back through with buckets of water for the rest of us. And they are inspiring and they are convicting and they are challenging and they are beautiful. And some of them will make you laugh and some of them will make you cry. And then if you've been along for this ride for any amount of time, I just am really thankful, you know, because of your faithfulness to the show and the fact that you've stuck around and continue to tell your friends about it. I'm getting to live out my dream of sharing God's impact in my life and sharing the message that I feel like he's given me with as many people as will listen. And I'm getting to write books and continue to have these conversations and continue to show up on social media and encourage you and share what God is teaching me. And so I'm just really thankful, not in a pandering way. Like I'm just humbled and thankful. I swear every time I walk out of an interview, I tell my husband, I can't believe I get to do this like for a living. It's just crazy. And I just wouldn't be here without you and without you listening and supporting me. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a hundred episodes and looking forward to at least a hundred more, hopefully more than that. And it's crazy. So thank you for coming along for the ride and let's move forward into a hundred more episodes. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy Christian podcast. And Hey, by the way, if you super loved it, you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.